Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode number 26 of the Audible Farm podcast. I'm your host. My name is Peter Stockdale. This week, I'm sitting down with Chris Schlichting. He's a comedian. This is a first for the podcast. It's the first time I've had somebody that's not 100% music related. And as a matter of fact, uh, he he said he doesn't play very much music or any music at all. So we actually talk about that in the podcast. So so enjoy the podcast as much as I did. We we went through a lot of topics, uh, including his first show, uh, what he has for inspiration as far as comedian-wise and joke-wise and how he tries to set up jokes, because this is all just kind of a a new thing for me it's the you know first time in over 25 episodes that i got to sit down with somebody that doesn't just play music so it's kind of nice and it's kind of cool because i I got to see him live about a month ago and i asked him if he'd do a podcast and he said yeah if we're ever in the same area it would be great and then lo and behold he does a show in my hometown so i set up a mini studio and he stopped by and it was awesome i had a great time I, i chuckled a bunch we we laughed about, we talked about all these different things that he did in the show that was different than the first show when I saw him, uh, including how he got to spend a little bit more time on stage because he was the headliner. And, and that's more stuff we talk about in the podcast. But that's enough talking from me. I hope you guys enjoy this as much as I did because I had a great time sitting down with Chris. Thanks again, Chris, for uh, taking a little bit of time to sit down with me on the podcast. So this is episode number 26 with comedian Chris Schlichting. It's the Audible Farm Podcast with your host, Peter Stockdale. So, uh, sitting down today with Chris Schlichting. Beautiful. And uh, <laughs> you're, you're a comedian. You're a guy that makes other people chuckle. Yes, I am a comedian. However, I always feel... Kind of weird saying that, Peter, because I'm also I'm, I'm a teacher too. Yeah. I do have a day job. I'm a high school teacher, so when I tell people I'm a comedian, I almost feel like kind of guilty because I'm not just a comedian. Yeah, I'm a teacher, but I like to look at it as sort of a Superman. Like oh. my comedy is Superman, and my Clark Kent disguise is I teach. Oh, I love that. Yeah. So you don't want to you don't want to feel like. Uh the cliche of the like the waitress that's just like I'm an actress, you know, like <laughs> yeah, okay. I've always kind of resented being a teacher because I know a lot of people they all they do is comedy and they travel the road and they just grind it out. But uh, I have a I have a job. I'm a teacher, and I used to always look at that as like look at that as a burden. But I met a comedian a couple years ago. He's like he was jealous of me for having a full time job because yeah. com- comedy isn't always very stable. So the teaching is a pretty sweet gig. Plus, I still have an audience, and yeah. they have to laugh because I grade them. So, <laughs> so win-win. <laughs> so you get to just test stuff yeah, out on that. A really bad writing team of high school kids where it's all like Twilight jokes and Fortnite. And yeah. Twilight's kind of an old reference, but you know what I mean? It's, yeah. So... I had, uh, you and I had actually like originally, I guess you could say we met, but I had, I had met you, uh, I saw you do comedy and you opened up for Ivan Decker and, yeah. and Ivan Decker's, uh, on Netflix. He's on one of the specials they have called comedians around the world. Mm-hmm. I think it's, is that what it is? It's comedians. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. Let me uh, double check it real quick. Yeah. It's comedians of the world mm-hmm. and he's in the Canada section, but, Canada. but yeah, he came down to the, the funny bone in Des Moines mm-hmm. and you were one of the comedians that opened up for him. So I was like a pleasant surprise, hopefully. Yeah, oh, dude, I 
well it, i enjoyed it so much uh i don't know how many of like your bits you want to burn on a podcast but like <laughs> let's can i just do my whole set yeah let's do 37 only exclusively here <laughs> uh but yeah like uh your website was like obviously like a funny tagline that we uh you know, it's how do you forget that? Yeah, you're. I mean, that's brilliant. And I, and I think that's part of my 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 website is well, my my original website is Schlick Comedy. My last name's Schlick Teen. So yeah. if you put in Schlick Comedy, I've been called Schlick my whole life, SchlickComedy.com. And then I I developed this joke about <laughs> squirrels, and oh <laughs> Lord, what is that? Is that's, that <laughs> that's, that's my dog? Okay, that's totally cool. What's the dog's name? Lady. Hi, lady. How's it going? <laughs> we have a visitor on the podcast. <laughs> How you doing, lady? Hello, lady. Um, damn it, lady. What was I saying? <laughs> we, were ta- we were talking about your uh, website. Yeah, so I had this joke about... Uh, it's really lame, It's but it was all an attempt to sell merchandise about dressing up squirrels. Kind of a, a, a spinoff company from Build-A-Bear, which is a popular... For anyone that has parents... I mean, anyone that has kids, uh, Build-A-Bear is probably pretty popular. They know it, but... Catch and Dress a Squirrel, basically essentially dressing up squirrels. I thought it was funny. And then I just went ahead and bought a second domain for yeah. my Schlick comedy, yep. which is catchanddressasquirrel.com. And my whole hope was that was to create kind of merchandise. Yeah. So if you're walking down the street and you see a squirrel shirt, you know, a squirrel in like a pirate outfit, which is my shirt. <laughs> and you see www.catchaddressasquirrel.com, you're going to go to it yep. out of curiosity. Absolutely. And then I got gotcha. you. <laughs> yeah. And, and it's awesome because it actually, it redirects directly to your Yeah, website. I know. <laughs> and it's, it's brilliant. And I mean, I've, I, uh, you know, you handed out a sticker when I saw you the first time. And I, you know, as, as soon as the show's over, it's just like catchaddressasquirrel.com. You know, yeah. instantly. Yeah. Every, I know, like, there's a, a, a large percentage of people on their phones <laughs> walking out of the show. Oh, yeah. A, so then, because I don't think people believe me half the time, and bingo. then they see me at the end of the show, and I'm selling shirts, and it's such an obnoxious website to yeah. catch and dress a squirrel. It's like got 27 letters, and it's just not user friendly. But that's kind of part of the humor yeah. in it. Yeah, it's uh, it's brilliant. I mean, like I Thank got, you. I bought one of your stickers. I bought I bought a shirt. I bought in wholeheartedly because it's it's you got me, man. Yeah, I mean, it's, and that's another thing I wanted to because. You mentioned Ivan, and you know he's a headliner, and I do mostly feature stuff. I want to get to that headliner level, yeah, which is going to mean that I need to get a TV credit. I need to get Netflix or something, and we could talk about that later. But as a feature, you make less money, uh-huh. and so the merchandise. I always promise myself I don't want to be like a carny, like hacking merch and yeah, stuff. Yeah. But uh, no offense to carnies, do you have a big carny? No, I don't think. I don't know. It's- <laughs> but uh, I didn't want to be that guy that's just hacking merch. But at the same time, it comes in handy. So I just wanted to find some sort of gimmick that applied to both girls and guys. Squirrels are just kind of universal, I guess. Yeah. And, and everyone has a squirrel story. Now, the one do- downside of this, Peter, is it's just a joke, man. But everyone feels the need to send me squirrel like videos, pictures of squirrels <laughs> in their backyard. <laughs> and it's fine. I always like, yeah, but I'm actually telling the truth kind of indifferent to them. I mean, you know what I mean? Yeah. But Jim Gaffigan, one of my favorite comedians whose big name has a funny bit about how he wrote a joke about donuts. And every time he goes to a gig, there'll be a, a you know, a baker's dozen of donuts in his <laughs> green room. And it just makes him regret that he didn't write a joke about like naked girls or like money, you know? <laughs> so... Oh man, yeah. Uh, so yeah, like I guess if you want to go to if 
I, anybody wants to go to the website, it's catchanddressasquirrel.com. It's real. It's certified. Uh, it's, it's actually 100% real. So, uh, so I pay 11 bucks a year for that bad boy. <laughs> <laughs> totally worth it. <laughs> yeah. So I, I had originally saw you once before mm-hmm. uh, in Des Moines, but... And I was like, man, I got to do a podcast with you. So I reached out and was like, hey, if you're ever like anywhere, you know, <laughs> I live in a small town in northern Iowa, but I'm willing to drive, yeah. you know, to like meet up with you if you're doing a show somewhere nearby. I'll, I'll let's do a podcast. And you're like, all right, sounds good. Where do you live? And I was like, well, I, I live in Humboldt. <laughs> and I and you're just like, well, I got a show coming up in Humboldt. Yeah. And, and I was what like, are, what are the odds? <laughs> like, what are you talking about? <laughs> it was so convenient. And I and I love doing podcasts. I love. Any sort of exposure, you know. Yeah. Again, like I said, as a feature act, I just want to get my name out there, and and I just thought it was so funny that you said Humboldt, and I'm like, I looked at my schedule, I'm like, I think I've heard that. Oh yeah, I do have a show in Humboldt. Yeah. I mean, I was so excited to send you that because what are the odds? Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> I kind of wanted you to be like email back or Facebook back and be like, anything closer? <laughs> do you have anything closer? Oh my gosh. Yeah, because like literally, you drove from where I live to where the place is. And, yeah. <laughs> and it's like you could throw a, a vortex football from my house to there. It's it's right there. And so you just you just went to the Funny Bone because you just wanted to check out a comic? I, yeah. Yeah. yeah I'd, like somebody had recommended to go, you know, watch this uh, Comedians on the, uh, mm-hmm. Comedians on on the, the World, world yeah. on Netflix. And I, I watched it and I started going through all the different countries uh, comedians and I was like, well, I wonder who's going to be around. So I just started like, n- you know, googling people's mm-hmm. names and I was like, well, Ivan's going to be here, so let's yeah, go check it out. That's so, cool. so I go to the show and and pleasantly met you out, yeah, of, the yeah. whole, out of the whole you know thing. So. That was super cool, and that's because sometimes after I go as a feature, you know, thirty minutes, it usually goes MC ten minutes, feature act thirty, and then headliner forty five. But at Funny Bone, it's even shorter, so I, I have like twenty minutes, which kind of sucks because you want more time. Yeah, and it's always like tough at the end of the show. Like I, so I do 20 minutes, I, you know, I, I feel good about it, but then there's another comic that goes and he does like, you know, an hour and yep. you're kind of left in the the dust. Yep. So I, that's, I always give those stickers out and I'm like, look me up, say hi. And then no one ever does because you know, you just forget about it. But I was really happy that someone's like, Hey, let's do a podcast. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it worked out good. I mean, I just, I just fired this up like half a year ago. I've, I've only done musicians uh-huh. so far, but I, I always wanted to reach out to like artists. And, and then when I ran into you after a show, uh, you, I don't know, you just so it, it's easy to talk to you. It seemed like, thank you. So I was like, you know, why not have a comedian on the podcast? You're from Iowa. Yeah. So we'll, we'll get used to that now because in a couple of weeks, I won't be making eye contact with anybody because I'm going to get real famous. <laughs> <laughs> and I, you know, it's funny you mentioned, and I, and I know you play music and stuff, and I know this is kind of a music podcast, but I'm always envious of people that play music. I didn't have the patience. Yeah. So my my way of getting attention was jokes. And the one good thing about doing comedy is... I have to settle up the bill, the check, just one way. I don't have to split it with, you yeah. know, my eight other bandmates. Exactly. Which I can imagine is, you know, you're doing these road gigs, maybe making a hundred bucks. You got five people in the band. Jeez. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, <laughs> the grind. I can't even imagine it. Yeah. So. I mean, uh, it's it's pretty much just a hobby that's gone awry for, uh-huh. for most of us. <laughs> there have been a handful full of people that I have podcast with that actually pay all their bills with mm-hmm. with music, and you know, kudos to them. Yeah, that's, definitely, I respect that. I mean, that's got to be a tough grind for those yeah. guys, and uh, I mean. I mean, that's where it comes back to you kind of having the teacher thing to fall back on. It's kind yeah, of Yeah, nice. yeah. And I mean, for me, it started off as a hobby. And I don't want to be cliche, but I was I was kind of goofy. I loved to be the center of attention. I wasn't really a troublemaker. I wasn't, I don't even say I was a class clown, but I did like to be the center of attention. And 
when I was in high school, I took a speech class, which is ironically what I teach, and I just loved having an audience. And I always, I always had a speech impediment. I couldn't say my R's. It sounded like I was from New York, and okay, okay. so it was like it was a self conscious thing. And what I try to do, I'm, I'm better now, but uh, hopefully <laughs> I went to speech therapy forever. But to compensate for that speech impediment, I would use humor. And so when I was in speech class, I would try to make people laugh. And I fell in love with that. I wasn't sure what comedy even was at that point. And then I, my senior year, I went to a small Catholic school in Davenport. And I ran for class president because I got to do a speech. Yeah. And it was a really funny speech. I showed baby pictures. And I'm like, born to lead, all this dumb stuff. <laughs> and I ended up getting it. And which sucked because I actually had to do stuff. We yeah. had like an awful like food drive. I think we raised like nine cans. I was a bad president. Oh, geez. Class president. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I was thinking I was the only high school president where they actively tried to impeach. There was like a petition going around. Um, but I didn't care because graduation, I, I got to give the the speech for graduation. That was like kind of my Madison Square Garden. Oh, and I was yeah. in love with it, you yeah. know? So yeah. that was kind of how I got hooked. But again, I wasn't really sure what comedy even was. I went to college. I no longer played football. That was always kind of my way to get attention. And then when I got to college, I was like, what can I do now? And then I kind of discovered comedy. Just There was a local, Cedar Rapids had a Penguins comedy club. All right. And I, I went there on an amateur night. I wrote like five minutes on my ex. We just I just broke up with my ex-girlfriend, so it was a lot of mean jokes. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I think I brought everybody I knew, and I ended up winning that contest, and I was kind of hooked from there. So I've been doing it ever since, and... Was, was there like one comedian you saw in particular that made you be like, I want to try doing this? Yeah, and I guess I'm kind of ashamed of this because he doesn't really have the best reputation. But, you know, in Comedy Central would air specials. It was two comics that I really fell in love with. It was Dane Cook, yep. high energy, kind of right time frame for me, and Mitch Hedberg. Yeah. So two different styles. Mitch Hedberg, very deadpan, one-liners, yep. Stephen Wright. Yeah. And then Dane Cook, high energy, yep. maybe not even punchlines. But those were the two comics I watched. Um, I was like, that's incredible. I'm glad you mentioned Stephen Wright and Mitch Hedberg in the same sentence because I do. I try to do that as much as possible because they like their styles are so close to each other. Oh, A lot of people sure. forget who Stephen Wright is, at least from my era. Mm -hmm. But like you're right on pace with the Dane Cook. I, when I was going through high school, you know, I was probably junior, senior, maybe even like sophomore in high school. Yeah. Dane Cook had, you know, the website. He's cranking out a website. He's on MySpace. Mm -hmm. and he's just got specials. You could buy it in Casey's, you know, gas stations yeah, yeah, yeah. and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> dude was funny, and he know? just blew up super fast. Maybe even too fast. But I mean, he was selling out arenas. Yeah. I think he fell onto some bad luck. Uh, I think his brother, a brother-in-law, was embezzling him. Oh, you know, taking money yeah. as manager and. Uh, you know, he, he got accused of stealing jokes, which is a big no-no yeah. in the industry um, by Louis C.K., who has his own problems <laughs> right yeah. now, if you don't know. But uh, now Dane Cook is trying to make a comeback. But uh, yeah, those were the two guys, Mitch Hedberg, who I love, who unfortunately, you know, got caught up in the lifestyle, I guess, yep. uh, being on the road and, you know, being addicted to a lot of different things. Exactly. And, yeah, so that's yep. too bad. And so it was Hedberg and Dane Cook with the two guys. And then I just kind of branched out from there and went back. I, I'm a huge Steve Martin fan. Like yeah. going back and looking at his some, some of his stuff. One of the best books I ever read was a book called Born Standing Up. Okay. Where Steve Martin kind of chronologically talking about how he got so famous and big. And I just, I love that book. That's kind of like my Bible as a comic, so I listen to it. Books on tape, I'll listen to that all the time on the road just to kind of get motivated again. But uh, yeah, Steve Martin definitely is one of my inspirations. That's really cool. Mm -hmm. I, uh, what was like, uh, you, we talked a little bit about like going to your first show, it was kind of like, uh, 
you just kind of like ripping on your girlfriend pretty much i guess but yeah. like but like how did it progress into what it is now though how do you how That's, do you how do you go from so, there to like what what's like your second step in this i think the initially what i did the first time what i did is i invited like all of my friends uh-huh. know, i surrounded myself with people that care about me so almost i had like 40 or 50 people just my whole dorm floor was there <laughs> and it went really well and I still have that someplace on tape and it's cringe worthy to watch, of course, yeah, just yep. like every set. But so I did that and I ended, up, I ended up winning this contest, this amateur contest, and I won like a $25 gift certificate to Applebee's. I'm not Ooh. trying to brag. Okay. And uh, <laughs> so I was hooked. And then so they invited me back the next week to do a guest set, a guest set which is basically. You know, you have the MC, and then a, a guest set comes into us like five minutes. So I was like, "Holy cow! I'm on like a, a show. Yep. I've only been doing comedy one. I've done it once, and they yeah. invited me back. So I did the exact same set, ex girlfriend, all the same stuff, and nothing. Oh man! So I went from an awesome first time to nothing, and now a lot of comics after that would quit or say no way. But I was hooked on why that happened, and so I was. I, I'm always trying to chase why an audience reacts some it's essentially like being a teacher why yeah. do the kids listen sometimes how can i make my lessons more engaging um but yeah i was hooked and i ever since then i've been doing it now when i initially started it was kind of a hobby i didn't think anything could happen with it so it was about like meeting meeting girls yep. and like you know yep. partying and getting drunk and being stupid and then eventually I just kept doing it and I finally met a girl and <laughs> things progressed. We got married. We had kids, not in that order. <laughs> and um, <laughs> So then it was like a, a, a realization that if I want to keep doing comedy, I need to be serious about it and not be crazy. And, you know, if I want to keep doing it. So it was it was a weird change. And I was like, if I have any talent at this, I need to really buckle down and focus and make this a, make this a thing. Yeah. Uh, do you think it's, was, were you like kind of seeking the reaction from the audience or was it kind of like the puzzle of trying to figure out? Cause, uh, I don't know, like there's, what's the old saying? Like you got to know your audience, Mm -hmm. you know, and that comes with, uh, any sort of like the soft skills of being in a society. You always kind of got to know your audience. Oh, for sure. You got to have some good social skills, but you know, you know, you talk about music. I love going to live performances of music if it's not too big. Sometimes I get a little, like the big concerts, I get a little, I'm kind of, I'm not in that. But like, uh, we have a cool, small venues back in the Quad Cities, and I would love to go home. And I'm so inspired about how they get audience reactions. And I sort of want that. I always want to try to somehow make my show in like a music experience or a rock and roll experience. Um, yeah. Because that's my thing is, my background in college, I shifted into like theater and communications. And I'm not saying I'm a good actor by any means, but there is a character. I'm, I, I am, I show my jokes. Uh-huh. I, I do a lot of facial expressions, which yeah. are little things that I think make the show go a little bit better. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I can, you know, it was something I didn't think too much about the first time I saw you, but the second time I saw you, well, let's put it this way. The first time I saw you, you were doing a feature, mm-hmm. yeah. and, and so you only did 20-ish minutes, yeah, yeah. and then this last time I saw you, you did an hour. Mm-hmm. So I got to see a whole bunch of new material. I yeah. got new, new laughs. By the way, you're officially a groupie. Oh, this yeah. your second show. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean... Uh, it, and I have, I have, I mean, a lot of material. That's what I hate about featuring. When I first started, it was like, can you do five minutes? And now I'm at the point where I'm like, oh, only 20, only 30? Yeah. Even tonight, 
the sh- I thought the show was going really well, and I, and I was I was telling myself during the show, I'm like, you need to you need to go faster because it's gonna be long if you just kind of soak it in every time they yeah, laugh yep. or don't talk to these people. But that was like it's a cool feeling to have. Yeah. Um, it's, it was also kind of, you have small town show, so you get that small town atmosphere, you know, mm-hmm. you, you like, uh, addressing the people, like we don't get a whole lot of comedy acts yeah. coming through Humboldt. As a matter uh-huh. of fact, I don't know if we ever, <laughs> ha- I mean, it's not that we haven't had, you think I'll get a statue. <laughs> yeah. You'll get one. Just right. They'll put it right next to Frank. Awesome. Gotch. <laughs> Me with a squirrel on my shoulder. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, I mean, you stacked a lot of jokes in there pretty deep and it's, it's, it's just crazy to think that like you you could just keep going with them, you know. Yeah. Um. Like, how do you end up amassing that much material? How do you like put it all together? How do you know how to? It's like sequence it. Do you ever just like on the fly, just like all right, I'm going to shift gears and do this? Sometimes. Now. Uh, man, that's such. A, I wish I had an exact answer for you. I try to just work chronologically. And my initial thing when I first started, I, I consider myself a self-deprecating comic while I'll make fun of myself. Yeah. And that was a fear of hecklers. Uh-huh. When I first uh, started doing comedy, I didn't want anybody to like tease me or make fun of me. So what I did is I made fun of myself first, yep. which is a common strategy for anybody getting picked on. But I was going to tease myself first. So if you heckled me, you're being a bigger jerk because yeah. <laughs> I'm already doing that. Yep. And so I, what I did is like all of my jokes you heard are based in truth to some capacity. I remember my dad killing a raccoon in the backyard in front of me with a BB gun, yeah. and it was not doing the trick. And <laughs> so it's just these little imprints, these little things. You know, I do have twins. I, you know, all this stuff is like based in fact. But I always say my jokes are like, I I caught a fish. It just wasn't that big. I'm going to tell you it was huge. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I did catch the fish, but I'm just going to embellish the truth. And all that stuff is kind of just based in fact. But just embellished for storytelling purposes. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah. It's just like a lot because, and a lot of it is stuff that just was so awkward at the time. Like I, I have that joke about having a crush on a girl. Right, I, I, all I, it was a Valentine, and it just said I wanted to put "Hey, sweetie." I thought that'd be cute, and I yeah. spelled "sweetie" sweaty. So yep. I was like, "Hey, sweaty," and that's a true thing. And I just remember being in embarrassed by that and so that happened when i was in like third grade yeah and so the punchline is i say i was a sophomore in high school which i should know how to spell so it's just like taking the truth and tweaking it because i'm not gonna let that pain i'm gonna create something from that pain yeah exactly (laughs) oh i I love that yeah have uh i mean you don't really have like a whole just like you're not just like stacked with teacher jokes it's not like you just and and i love that about that because like you uh when I saw you in Des Moines, it was mm-hmm. the twenty minute set. Uh, pretty early on, you were like, "I'm a teacher." Yep. You know, but when I saw you tonight, it came out a lot later in the set. Yeah, and that's so fun to just like kind of almost like a set list of where this song. And it's always, I think, you know, as a musician, you can appreciate this too. I have a really strong song, and I, I have like three strong songs. Yeah. I'm going to put one of those songs in the beginning yep. and I'm going to put one of those songs at the end. Yep. What I do in between is sort of maybe me doing some covers, maybe just me messing around, but uh-huh. that's kind of, I, I got it. You always want to open strong and close strong. Yeah. And I, I know all my jokes, it's just an order. I'll still write set lists for my uh-huh. jokes. And I like, I try not to talk about teaching so much because like I said, it's the Clark Kent Superman thing. I like to yeah. separate myself 
from teaching. I use my humor when I'm teaching, but I don't like jam it down. I'm not doing my bits. Yeah. Yeah. You're not. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's not your test audience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But one thing about being t- a teacher too, and just in my experience, I find that if I work cleaner, I get more work yeah. and it's just also, I'm not like a super dirty. I'm not a dirty person, period. Don't no. let the mustache fool you. This is <laughs> for an upcoming role that hasn't been written yet, but <laughs> I, I don't consider myself a dirty comic. So, and plus I have high school kids, man. And there's all these high school kids are going to go online and they're going to find your clips. So if you've ever done anything naughty or bad, they're going to find it and let yeah. you know about it. Yep. So all my stuff's out there is pretty clean and not, I'm proud of it. Yeah. You know, so, and that was another thing I was thinking like the whole night, like, um, as far as profanity, like I don't know, it's just like the normal profanity yeah. words, and then it was it was good enough for like anybody, like uh, I mean, everybody other than like I guess a small child to be in there and enjoy <laughs> it. Like you know, your mom would your mom would probably come in and laugh at it. Yeah, you know, uh, and, I, and that means a lot to me because I do take pride in my clean style, and I did throw a couple swear words in, but I always use them as shock, like a oh my god, you were cute the entire show, yep, and lovable, and then you just drop an f bomb or an yeah. s bomb, and it's just like yeah. I don't just so when I first started, it was a nervous thing where I would use an F word as an adjective, every adjective, yeah, which didn't I didn't need that. Yep. And I like to I like to pride myself that I know I've done charities for churches, I've done after proms. So I can I can do it. It's a challenge, but it's a rewarding one. Yeah. I try to write clean. I mean, I'll get a little taboo. You know, this crowd was a little rougher, a little drunker, and uh so you almost have to mix it up with them a little bit i think i was in, i was enjoying that though because it's not a, like a normal comedy club so it wasn't just like two drink minimum where most people go in yeah there, and then they try to be stingy about it because mm-hmm. somebody told them they had a two drink minimum whereas here it's just they just had a, a bar on the back for and sure and drink whatever you want you can eat whatever you want and it's here. and i was i was a little nervous because so sam went up first to, as the mc yep. and he doesn't have i don't think any experience doing that so he just like welcome to the show here's your first comic I'm like oh man because as an mc you need to kind of get everyone focused you need to tell them hey maybe don't heckle or get your put your phones away yep. so he just introduces the first comic i'm like uh-oh mm-hmm. so by the time he goes and matthew goes you know, an hour maybe, and everyone's uh-huh. drinking, everyone's getting drunker. Yep. And by the time, I mean, you were right there, right to my stage yeah. left, where I, I even stopped at one point. I'm like, these guys are tagging, which is adding on. Yep. They were tagging every single joke. They were trying to guess punchlines, which, I mean, it's kind of annoying. It's kind of funny, but it's kind of annoying. But it's also, look, six people. There are like, we'll just say thousands of other people <laughs> yeah. that want to enjoy the show and that sometimes that happens you get people that come to the show where they think they're funnier and yeah i get it i mean i i had a hard time i'd always have a hard time sitting and watching comedy because i'm like oh i can i know what i'm doing yeah yeah oh i can just imagine (laughs) that oh like uh let, let me ask you this like have you ever like sat down with some of your comedy comrades whoever they mm-hmm. maybe but like you sit down you watch their set and and you you have those feelings do you ever just like write it down on a napkin and just be like hey do you want to try and progress this this way instead or yeah. like what's what's your end game with this and like i guess like building a joke would be something that's <coughs> crazy to me because i'm i'm uh i'm one of those guys that's occasionally off the cuff funny mm-hmm. not always like what and it's hit and miss when i try to be funny so funny's not like my game uh-huh. you know i can be funny i can make people laugh but stand in front of people like you it'd be very difficult so uh-huh. like how do you go about like building a joke i guess like well, and- you know i always 
I always try to say you got to have a punchline. You have to have the setups there, but you got to have a punchline. Whether or not they laugh or not, that was the cue. That was the point. So there's like little things you can do. Your voice goes up or your voice goes down or you slow down or do something. That was the punchline. Now, if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. But sometimes people just have premises. Like I got pulled over by a cop. Okay, what happened? So you got to have that punchline, the reason why it's funny. I always try to tape record my sets. I'll have my phone up there, and I'm, I'm recording my sets. And it's painful to listen to, but I will listen to it. And there's a couple times, like even tonight, where something happened, and you try not to, you try not to force it. Yeah. I, I always say, just talk to the people. So if I ask, hey, what do you do? And you say you're a dentist, I shouldn't have to immediately like think, oh, two, you know, I shouldn't have to like, pick on you. I'm just talking to you. Yeah. So I try to just have conversations, create like a positive vibe. And then if something happens, it happens like that guy who was stumpy. Yep. I did that joke about the albino midget and he was just cause he's short, just yep. going nuts. Yep. And I mean, that was like kind of a fun moment, but I also yeah. got to control that cause he's, you know, clearly inebriated and I just like yeah. have to kind of get it back. Yep. <laughs> but there's a couple of key moments. So now what I do, Peter is that's in my, Rolodex of jokes. So anytime I ever tell that joke again and somebody gets up and says, Hey, I'm short, I'm gonna use that reference and try to it's yeah. all about experience. And, oh yeah. Yeah, 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 trying to create and just like little things, I'll say things out of my breath sometimes or this show was super fun because I felt like I couldn't do no wrong. So yeah. and I'm not trying to brag, it was just everyone was having a good time. And yeah, exactly. so I was having a good time and I was trying things. And it's just so funny to tell jokes that sometimes get a laugh. But tonight I told him, and it was like little applauses. I'm like, oh, man, thank you, because that's why I wrote it. Yep. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly. why I wrote it. So it's nice to experience that. <laughs> Do you, uh, like, let me ask you this. This is going to be shifting gears a little bit here even more. So you teach, you teach speech, if that's correct? Yeah, I teach speech and uh, an intro to acting class. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. But this is... The high school that I teach at is an alternative high school. So these are high school kids that don't fit the general population. Yep. Uh, they're not forced to go there. They choose to go there. So it's a smaller class size. You know, I have a lot of like teen moms. I have a lot of a, a gay population and just kids that just don't social anxiety. Yeah. So I think I'm kind of a commodity in the high school setting because I try to make it so fun and chill uh -huh. that these kids who have social anxiety can get up in public speak and because they have to. It's a required class. So I try to make it really easy and calm and safe yeah. for them to get up there and actually do it and fulfill that credit. Yeah. What do you think drove you towards that? Um, I mean, you had mentioned earlier how you kind of couldn't pronounce your R's yeah. uh, very well. Yeah. And then, you know, after you kind of overcame that, do you think you just wanted to kind of make the same kind of environment for somebody else that was struggling? In a, well, it was, like man, that? I tell you what, I was a first generation college kid. I, my parents and my brother, my both my brothers didn't go to college. So I did pretty good in high school grade wise, but I didn't have any ambition. I didn't, I didn't know what I was doing. So when I get to college, I was getting good grades, but I didn't have a focus. Yeah. And, I mean, I was, I was having a lot of fun, yeah. but I was still doing okay. And then I just, I, I did the communications major because I'm like, oh, I like speech. But where I went to school, if you did communications, you had to do a theater. So I had to do communications in theater. Uh -huh. And so, Peter, now I'm going from the, the jock in high school, the football player, to now I'm on stage like wearing makeup and stuff. It's like yeah. a big juxtaposition of who I am. But I love that 
the theater stuff because you could write playwriting. I loved, I loved writing plays, and you would put them on in like these little talent contests or these like theater shows. And so I'd write these short little plays where uh, the guy gets the girl. You know what I mean? And I. I would direct him and I would cast like the hottest girl I could find to be the lead. And I'm like, oh, I can't find a guy. I guess I'll play the main guy just so I can make out. And I'm like, this is what you make out with me? I literally, you could get, I went to a very liberal school, this Cornell College in Mount Vernon. And uh-huh. man, they just encourage, I would get away with so much. So I'm like, you have to do what I say because I'm. it's in the script. <laughs> they just go for it. So I had a lot of fun with that. And so now I'm done with college and I'm a theater and communications major. I'm like, okay, what do I do now? I guess I was like two years into comedy and it wasn't, you know, still was about having fun. And so then I went back for a semester to get my teaching license. Uh So that's where I just figured, I guess I'll teach. So after college, I substitute taught for a couple of years and was doing all these side gigs. And then that's kind of where I met my wife, Emily, and I got a full-time job and still do the comedy. You know, it, it, it was tough for my wife because when I first started doing comedy, it was all these sneaky jokes to try to just meet girls, you know, these cute jokes yep. just to try to get attention. And then, so that took me like six or seven years to write these jokes. And then when I got married and had kids, I mean, I was just doing the same set because that's all I knew. It took time to write these jokes. And I'll never forget my wife came to a show and she's like, whoa, 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 what are you, you're not single anymore. What are you doing? I'm like, Emily, I, these are the jokes that I wrote. So yeah. I had to do a complete new act because I wasn't being honest. I wasn't being truthful. So, but you know, with getting married and having kids and we initially, we had twins right away. So that was scary. And from that fear came a lot of material, like six or seven years to write the first initial set, maybe two weeks to write a whole new act because (laughs) I was so scared and like didn't know what I was doing. Oh man. Uh, But it opened up a whole new audience, family audience. That's what I liked about tonight's show. They were older and younger. And I, I just, try to hit everybody i try to reach everybody yeah so. i mean you had people in there from like their late teens all the way up through yeah. what 80 year <laughs> yeah. olds or something, something, <laughs> yeah. something like that so i like that challenge yeah that was and you, you did you did a really good job of of just making lit- i mean that's your that's what your job was but you did a great job of making everybody laugh you know just yeah <laughs> i everybody really enjoyed themselves i and I mean, it's, it sounds so weird to like talk about this, but like I had known I was going to podcast with you and we were going to try and shoot for before the show. Yeah. And now that it's after the show, it's kind of crazy because I, I was like, well, I'm just going to like analyze this show a little bit more than I, I would, mm-hmm. you know, because usually I just try to be in the moment and enjoy things. Uh-huh. And so I was kind of just like watching people laugh and like just watching you interact with people like uh, you were talking about like one time I was standing there with my arms folded, kind of like you, sir. <laughs> I, don't, I don't like anything. And the guy just busts out laughing. Yeah. You know, <laughs> He's, you know, it's just that small little bit of interaction mm-hmm. with people and it just... Uh, yeah, and I appreciate you doing that. I mean, and I was willing to do the podcast before or after, but I also, I need to have a little bit of like time to kind of get in that zone yeah. and just sort of prepare myself on what I want to do. And I definitely could have done it. It's just, and the weather, it was, it was really hard Dude, driving up here, but yeah. I mean, now I'm just... I. I have so much adrenaline, like I told you, I won't be able to sleep. So let's let's do this. If you're cool with it, yeah. let's do this podcast. Yeah. So, so ladies asleep though. Yeah, ladies down here asleep <laughs> sleep at Chris's feet. Uh Chris Schlichting is who I'm sitting down with today. Hey, I had wanna 
you're talking about how you played football. Uh-huh. And uh, what's what's this I see every now and then online with a football jersey in a frame? <laughs> like we got. Oh my god, I love it. Oh my god, I. One thing about living in Iowa, man, you got to, because Iowa's not a hotbed for comedy, as we talked about earlier. So social media, it's all about social media. Yep. Use social media. And I just have these running jokes where, okay, so I played football in high school and I was, I was pretty good. I worked my butt off and I was number 56 for the Assumption Nights. And <laughs> we have a Buffalo Wild Wings in our, <laughs> in our neighborhood. <laughs> And what I think they did, I think they just went around every high school and they were like, hey, we're, we're trying to be like a community restaurant. Can we get a jersey and we'll hang it up for all the high schools? Mm-hmm. It yeah. has no, I don't think it's in no way a tribute to any player. <laughs> I feel like I'm giving away, I'm, I feel like I'm pulling back the curtain so you can see the ass. <laughs> but uh, so we, I was in there one time a couple of years ago and I, just to see 56 Assumption Nights frame, I'm like, it's about damn time I get some respect. <laughs> like, Peter, I barely played. Like, I mean, I was, I was solid, but and yeah. so the running joke is. I just keep telling people, I'm like, wow, it's an honor to be here. People keep asking for my autographs and people love it or they hate it. There's no in between. Like dude, people, dude, I, like, uh, I see it online and I, you, you just pull it off. Like it's deadpan. Like you're serious about it. And, yeah. and that's where I'm just like, dude, were you like a really good football player? Or is this a joke? Cause if this is a joke, you're pulling it off. Well, oh my God. And uh, one time I, I think I had, I had my daughter and no one knows a lot of my friends and Facebook people don't know it's my daughter. So I'm like, Ruby, come here and hold out a piece of paper and a pen. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, I'm like, oh, I had to sign another autograph today. <laughs> and I just, I've taken it. Oh my, it's, it's funny to have the same premise, but keep being creative. Like I had a, I had a waitress and I tried to, I explained to her the situation and I'm like, will you bring back a receipt where it's just zeros, like you took care of it. Yeah. <laughs> and I just took a picture of them. I'm like, oh, they paid for my meal at Buffalo Wild Wings because they know who I am. And it, <laughs> I mean, always I paid for it, but yeah. I just try to be creative and fun with it. Uh, yeah, I, I've Googled images of like huge traffic jams. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, I said I was going to sign autographs from like 12 to 1 today, and you can see it's already a problem. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're and, like in, inadvertently doing all this promotion for the local Buffalo yeah, Wild Wings. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's, it's funny. I, I've, I've considered even going in there and talking to the manager and explaining the situation. And no disrespect to Buffalo Wild Wings. Yeah. Why would you not want me to like come in and like have some fun with that? Exactly. But it's one of those jokes where I just keep. Sometimes if you keep telling a joke, it's stupid. But if you keep, if you really stand by it, yeah, it, it becomes good. But can you take that awkward dip? You know what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't care, man. It's just, it's just so funny. And now it's so great, Peter, because people will go to Buffalo Wild Wings and they yep. take a picture by it. They're like, "Hey, I'm here honoring Chris Slick," and I'm like, "Yep, that's what I want. That, that's, that's my that's gimmick. Awesome. Yep, that's yeah. awesome." Oh my gosh! Yeah. So I gotta make it to the Davenport Assumption yeah, exactly. Buffalo Wild Wings take and picture. <laughs> choke down some wings yep. and, and take a picture with. The... <laughs> you better be there. <laughs> I, yeah, I will. I might be signing autographs there. <laughs> oh man, that was something when I first started checking you out online i was just like what's this about this football just so i had i had to ask i forgot about it until now and and you had mentioned you yeah. played football and i was like oh yeah nothing i do on facebook is serious facebook is my platform to kind of reach a larger audience so anything i post on there don't take it serious and it's like 
it's a weird, uh, me and my wife couldn't be more different because I'm all about comedy and my wife, God bless her. I love her. She's a great woman and teacher, but she's always like sharing missing children in oh, the Midwest. I'm like, yeah. geez, Emily, you're really kind of cutting the vibe. Like, yeah. uh, I'm like, Emily, I hope they find these kids, but don't tag me in it. It's like totally ruining like a gimmick <laughs> yeah. and no one will think it's serious with me if you tag me. So, yep. but oh, yeah, man. I love it. You know oh, what I mean? It's I, just like, I mean, it's a, dude, it's a valid resource to help maybe try oh, to yes. find. But, but this, that's another thing. Social media is such a crazy thing that we like as a society, we've only been around it for like, what, 10 years, yeah. 15 years. And it's, and look at like what's become of it and how it's changed and like how to interact with it. And, and oh, it's, it's, just, it's, it's super I mean, it's a blessing and a curse. It can be yeah. super dangerous. Like, well, well, that'd be the exactly your case in point. If she shares a missing child and tags you in it, oh, somebody, yeah. somebody might think it's a joke. Yeah, you know. So, like, you know, exactly. And it's not that it, it's not that we're trying to say it uh-huh. is. It would be a joke or it is a joke because it's a serious situation. But you'd you'd hate to have the comedy premise of an aspect. And of, I would ne- I would never do that. I, I you know I, I, I trust myself in making good decisions. But my running my latest running joke was we've had a lot of snow days as a teacher, and I love it. I love sleeping in. I'll take a snow day any day of the week. But what we started doing is we'd go live, Facebook Live, and I would pretend to be a news person, and we called it <laughs> Schlick News. And my wife would film me, and I would feel – and I have no weather experience ever, yeah. but I would claim that I would, and I would uh, just do the news. And I had this running joke, Schlick News, just like the jersey. Yep. And it was one day – we it was really icy out, but we still had to go to school. So I took a picture of myself in my car, and I flipped the image so it was upside down. So uh-huh. I'm like, yeah, really great day to come to school. I'm upside down in a ditch, you know, as a joke. But yep. I put it out there, and people were like, oh, my God. I'm like, oh, shit. This is yeah. – you know what I mean? Yep. And uh, But there were some sleuth out there that my hoodie string was not – so sometimes you got to be careful and i just i just want everyone to know that anything i post is 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 just to try to make you laugh or have a better day that's all it is yeah and it's nice i'm not gonna lie it's nice to get likes or shares or comments yeah (laughs) yeah yeah. there's always trolls out there though that want to make you feel bad and stuff mostly just my older brother but (laughs) (laughs) yeah i did my best to uh like I mean, I've played the Twitter game before with uh, the pro wrestling community mm-hmm. around the state. Like I was really big into going to pro wrestling shows oh, for a long. Should we time. talk about the pro wrestling? I'm a pro wrestling guy, man. Oh really? <laughs> yeah. Oh gosh. Seth Rollins is from Davenport. I Heck see him yeah. all the time. Yeah, mm-hmm. man. Uh, I mean, I used to go to the SCW shows quite a bit. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Down, I know a lot of those down guys. At Walcott. Yeah. Uh, Ryan Tepperdorf, a real tall guy, 6'11", 6'10". He's a bad guy, but he's a big – I'm a Kansas City Chiefs fan. We've gone down to Chiefs games before. And yep. I love watching those local guys. And Dude, yeah, I used <laughs> to spend so much time and and money and time on the road. Yeah, and, but it's performing. Yeah. It's an artist. Well, you should get a wrestler in here next. Seriously. It's, I've, I've had one on, one guy on here that plays in a couple bands and, and does wrestling. Oh, yeah? But uh, I've yet to ask any wrestlers to be on the mm-hmm. podcast yet. If if any of them reach out, I'd be more than happy to. <laughs> yeah. But uh but yeah, I forgot where I was going with what I was talking about. Um Pro wrestling, man. Yeah. I love it. It's a form of performing and And I think that's what I'm really taking to is like I've realized, you know, you kind of start to broad stroke everything like I'd went to hundreds of concerts before I ever went to a pro wrestling show. Mm-hmm. And then I went to pro wrestling shows and it's like, dude, this is awesome. Then you go to those until you're just, it's not like you're done going to them, but I don't go to nearly as many concerts as I used to. Yeah. And now it's like, now I'm kind of trying to maybe play my hand at being a performer, like doing a podcast, I'm in a couple bands, you uh-huh. know, doing that whole thing. So I really have like recently taken to performing. I enjoy 
a lot of podcasts online, you know, when I'm driving around, uh, a lot of them are comedy podcasts. So I like to laugh. And then it's like, you know, the, there's no reason that the, so like, I like going to the pro wrestling shows and like the indie guys. I yeah, loved, I loved watching those guys wrestle. So why wouldn't it be any different going and watching the indie comedians, yeah. you know, go out and do their comedy? Yeah. You never know. I'm, I'm I mean, I joke around about this and like, I'm realistic I, I think I'm good, but I think there's t- like I'm gonna be in LA next week, and there are tons of great comics, mm-hmm. and you know, unf- I don't want to say unfortunately that sounds weird, but you know I'm a middle middle aged white guy, and yep. it's just like there's tons of them, and it's just how do I separate myself? And I like to think I have good material. I do think I need more confidence because I do think my self deprecation is the truth sometimes it's kind of how i feel about myself and i don't feel like i can hold my own sometimes uh even tonight after the show when people were like complimenting me i just i felt silly i felt like oh there are so many other people that you would love more yeah you know what i mean and um but at the same time there is there is a little bit of cockiness or like i can do this you know how when you're growing up, there was always something you could do really well. Like maybe it's playing an instrument or there, you, maybe you could jump rope better than anyone in gym class. And yep. for me, I always thought that I, at least locally where I'm from, I always thought I could do a good job making people laugh. Yeah. I, I, I'm really com- I'm not confident about a lot of things, but I do think I can do a good job making people laugh. Strangers. Yeah. I think there's something to be said about that. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean... Like I had mentioned earlier, that's that's no easy feat. Like just to even go up and, and talk in front of a bunch of people is is not an easy feat, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know. And I always tell my students that too. I'm like, guys, we are, and I always show them this thing about fear. Uh oh, Storm just had a uh, Storm. Lady just had a bad dream. Yep. I know a dog named Storm. <laughs> Sorry, lady. Uh, that the number one fear in America is public speaking. Yeah, you know, over snakes, spiders, death. It's public speaking. So I always tell these kids, hey, we're in here conquering a very common fear and i think we should take pride in what we're doing and that's i mean that i think that's important and just to try to make these kids a little bit less socially awkward or give them some confidence not just for speeches because they'll probably never give another speech but they will make first impressions they will do job interviews yeah and that's what i'm trying to do basically i'm changing the world (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah, but like any social situation, yeah, involved, like you said, like a job interview, something like that, or like uh, having to talk to like a small handful of people, or mm-hmm. being like supervising a small team of anybody, or going to a school. Like I'm going back to school, and you know, you got to get up in front of people and talk. And like, yeah, and now I'm thirty, yeah, thirty one now, and it's mm-hmm. it's super easy to talk in front of people. But there's like, I took a couple speech classes while I was there, and people are just like, oh, I don't want to talk in front yeah. of people. You know, and it's like yeah. it's not that hard. You just go up there and talk, and mm-hmm. the, and. It's it's one of those things. I think the older you get, the easier it gets. As long as you go out and do it, and you know, by that time, I'd already you know played a, a couple hundred shows in a yeah, band. Yeah. So it's like standing in front of people and putting everything you have out there is not that big a deal. Yeah, and I think one thing, like you said, it's experience. You just got to be prepared. And that show that you saw tonight, that's that's fourteen years, you know, experience. That's not me just. Uh, doing it for the first time so that's confidence that's me testing the majority of those jokes and knowing that they will work or can work yeah and that's one of my biggest pet peeves when i we had a comedy club in davenport where i was from and i used to hang out there and you know just kind of pander all the comics and stuff and just learn from them Uh and i used to ask for advice because i was so hungry i wanted to be famous right away or do comedy a full time and i would ask these comics i'm like what advice do you have this is like a month into the game and they'd be like just be patient 
Uh-huh. And I was like, I hated that advice, but now it makes total sense. Yeah. Because you just learn from mistakes and jokes that you like, why did I ever tell that? And yeah, so, exactly. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's that part of that uh, 10,000 hours to become a master at anything. You, know, you just got to <laughs> go out there and you got to do it. You got to be in front of people and, and stuff like that. Uh, what? What do you th- what do you th- like? Did you spend most of your time in the like Quad Cities area through like Cedar Rapids, uh, going into Illinois at all? Or like- yeah, well, there was um, I never there was so I had the, kind of a nice setup. So where I live is Davenport, it's East Iowa, the Quad City area, mm-hmm. and where I went to school was in Mount Vernon, Iowa, which was right by Cedar Rapids. So I had two comedy clubs, the same franchise. Penguins in Cedar Rapids, Penguins in Davenport. Yep. So basically during the school year when I was up in college, I would go to Penguins and then when I'd come home, I'd go to Penguins. Yep. You would just surround yourself in comedy. But I would say probably about 12 years ago, Penguins, where I'm from, Dav- I'm out of college obviously, but Penguins in Davenport is now gone. It uh-huh. just went under. And so I was kind of in a rough spot in terms of like, where do I do now? But luckily I was far along in the process that I was a pretty established comic, but still I think there's something to be said about just hanging out in comedy clubs, the atmosphere, just like you probably want to surround yourself with musicians and just stay motivated. Yep. And that's why I'm really excited to go to, you know, LA tomorrow, this next week and just kind of rub shoulders with some of these really talented uh, comedians that are, even though they've been on comedy central or Netflix, they're still grinding. They're still like yeah. struggling like Dane Cook is still like doing showcases out there, even though he sell he sold out Madison Square Garden yep. and stuff like that, and it's very inspiring, but it's also scary. Yeah, because eventually I'll leave, because I don't I would never want to raise a family in L.A. It's just it's yeah. actually quite dirty and grimy and just like ugh. yeah. I mean that's the one thing like kind of weird is like you compare it to like a small town, you know, and like mm-hmm. small towns are just pretty straightforward, cut and dry, lots of, lots of just, (laughs) you know, nice roads, everything's clean, there's no garbage all over the Mm -hmm. place, and it's not like, you know, LA, New York, Chicago, you know, Dallas, it's not like they're just full of garbage, but it's, it's. But, you know, comedy's comedy, it's like people might give me crap for like, oh, you're in Humboldt, congratulations, but I tell you what, man, I would do these small towns because they make you feel like you're a rock star, and I just love that. I always wanted to put together like a a 50 50 small town iowa 50 small towns in iowa in like 60 days or something like give me a little bit you know just hit every small town and just (laughs) really because it it, i think it's an untapped resource like you said there's not a lot of comedy here if ever (laughs) so exactly to come in here I don't know, man. I don't know. It just it's it was a really cool feeling, and I got a lot of comp. I, you're only as good as your last show, and I feel like t- tonight was a really good show, so I feel yeah. good. Now I will listen to the tape probably later on my phone or the recording. I'm like, oh man, I yeah. slurred my words there, or I didn't hit that joke because yep. I think you want to be a prof- you want to be a student of the game, and you always want to get better and stuff. Yeah, I, and now I have that mentality, so. Yeah, I uh, I totally get what you're saying about. I mean, there's there are definitely some parallels between like what you're doing and what I what I do. I mean, I I'm obviously not pushing to be uh, 
famous in any way playing yeah. playing music, but I am I am doing it. It's due justice. So like, I go down to Des Moines. I play a lot of shows. It's a big city. It's not always where like you get the biggest paydays, and uh-huh. it's not always where the most people show up sometimes. But it's where you like cut your teeth, and if you can make those people enjoy a show because they have so much music around and stuff. By the time we get to a small town and play a show, yeah. uh, you're actually like well prepared to give everyone Definitely. like a, a show that's justified of actually being there. You know. Yeah, and I think one thing that you just said there too. And I don't want any misconceptions. Yes, I would love to be famous and have a sitcom or be on yeah. Netflix, but I always—it's not about necessarily being famous. It's about for me, comedy always started as it was therapeutic. It yeah. was like when, like I said, when I started, I broke up with my girlfriend, who I thought I was going to be with for the rest of my life. So that pain, I turned it into humor and I made other people laugh and that made me feel better. So I know a lot of comics, a lot of friends that quit comedy because it didn't pan out. They never got famous. For me, that's not an option because comedy for me is my therapy. Like I'll I'll notice that if like a couple like I'll I'll just be like, oh man, why am I so sad? Like yeah. I just you know how sometimes you wake up and yep. you're just like in a bad mood or depressed. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. And then I'm like, oh you know what? I haven't been on stage in two weeks. Yeah, I haven't been on stage. I haven't performed, and for me, it's always been about that. And I think having that mentality will create good karma and I'll set me up for the future. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I would love to have to be discovered, but it doesn't matter. I'm still yeah. going to do comedy. Yeah. It's it's an outlet, one mm-hmm. way or the other, for you. Definitely, like people paint, people play instruments, people, you know, maybe fight or do karate or something. For me, it's just. I just like to make people laugh. I, yeah. I think there's something really cool about that. I don't know. Having an audience is power in that. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's one of those things where you feel like even if it's not like nobody's listening to you, but even if nobody listens to me the rest of the week, they're going to listen to me for a little bit exactly. here, and I'm and I'm going to do the best I can. I have a microphone it, to make it worth their <laughs> yeah. while. At least, you <laughs> exactly. Know? And then you paid tickets, man. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and then and then when you actually see that it's worth their while, you mm-hmm. enjoy it all the more because you did your due justice. To yeah, and thing. I really and there are a lot of comics out there that are really <laughs> alternative or weird or edgy to the point where it's like, is this even comedy? And I'm still a firm believer in. As a comic, you're you have to make the audience laugh. Yeah. So I, I know a lot of comics that'll get off stage like, oh, this audience is dumb. They didn't get it. Well, that's on you, man. Yeah. You adjust then. Yeah. So I always the ultimate gauge or feedback of comedy is laughter. And if you're not getting laughter, what can you do differently? Exactly. To so. pull the to pull the laughter out of there. Yeah. And I do know what you're saying about like the alternative comedy and there's people <laughs> it's, like, that, it's like Andy Kaufman times a million. Yeah, you know? Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and I he had a time and a place and I get it. And it's not that it, dude, I love me some Andy Kaufman. Me too. Me too. But, but it's uh it's but also that's so scary to me too. That risk. We talked about the dips. Yeah. Ben, that's he's just all dips yeah, almost. Like going out reading the great Gatsby until everyone leaves the <laughs> arena. Uh-huh. Like, like that was like one of the stories. The supposedly. Tony Clifton being yeah. that character and oh, just, just being mean, mean to just as mean as he can to everyone oh, all the time. Never do that oh yeah that would be so rough and you just got to keep doing it until it's either funny or everyone just Mm -hmm. goes away and then that's the and it doesn't always guarantee sometimes you dip down and you keep dipping and you never come back up yep a lot i mean he was kind of ahead of his time and original and yeah there is a time and place there are a lot of cool comics especially as a comic too i think i can appreciate other comics being weird and unique but like 
you take an alternative comic and put them in tonight at yeah. Humble, like, yeah, I don't know if it would work. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like that's getting back to like knowing your crowd because like I had heard a story once about David Cross doing like jazzer size in in like a unitard uh-huh. to like in like the eighties, and he like just put it on the big screen behind him and just did it to it yeah. for like a half an hour and then and then left which which is is funny uh-huh. it's totally funny but like also if you tried doing that tonight would it work out yeah so, you know like i don't and know i have nothing with respect for that and i've heard stories about norm mcdonald yeah i i he's not even allowed to perform at the university of iowa anymore because he just did jokes about having sex with sheep and stuff oh, God. he was like paid to do comedy and he just he did that almost it's almost like he doesn't care. He's just sabotaging or trying to be different. Yeah. But I don't know, man. It's just, it's, it's as a comic, I'm like, Whoa, that's so cool. Yeah. And you know, even Steve Martin was kind of unique and weird in that sense, because this was like in a time where like George Carlin and Richard Pryor, they were all being super edgy and yeah. like really attacking like political stuff and like social stuff. But Steve Martin was like putting an arrow on his head and like, yeah. putting yeah. like, you know, dancing and, there's a good quote in that book where he's like, eventually <clears throat> this Vietnam War will end and maybe racism will not be as predominant. Something like along those lines, but yep. people will always be goofy. Yeah. And I'm just going to, I'm, I'm going to be there. Something along those lines. I don't want to misquote Steve Martin. Does he yeah. listen to this? Uh, well, it's, uh, I'll, I'll tweet him. And <laughs> okay, we'll, we'll, right. <laughs> hey, Steve Martin, we gave you a good shout out in this. Yeah. You never Chris know. Chris Schlichten gave me a shout that, out? That's the power of Twitter, man. <laughs> Uh, speaking of which, you got Twitter. I do. Uh, yeah, what? Uh, it's uh, at Schlick Comedy. Is yeah, that your Schlick Twitter? Comedy. S C H L I C K Comedy. C O M E D Y. Schlick Comedy. And that's also your Instagram, is it not? That's my. I, yeah, I'm fairly new to Instagram, uh-huh. but I like it. Yeah, I wish I used Instagram more. Um, trying to. I think that's a very popular one. Yeah, I, just kinda... I still love me some Twitter though. Like, yeah, I, I like I, Twitter too. I wish Twitter wasn't as not popular now, is it? Because it, it was blowing up like about mm-hmm. five years ago. It was the place to be as far as I'm and concerned. Twitter's a good like writing tool, but I tell you what, like we talked about getting those likes. There's a couple times where I put stuff out there and I'm like, oh, it's been 30 minutes and I haven't yeah. got to like it. Sometimes I'll like my own tweet just to get the ball rolling because <laughs> some people maybe are afraid to like it. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's why you got to have alternate accounts, man. Yeah, gotta, yeah, yeah. Get, get like, some burners. Get yep, some burner accounts. Yep. Well, you got to have one for the band and then one for the yep, podcast yeah, yeah. and one for the personal. And I'll create some squirrel ones or oh, something. Oh, there you go. Yeah, just a bunch of squirrels on yeah. there. <laughs> you also got a Facebook page. Let's uh, give I your do. Facebook page. It's at Schlick Team. Yeah, that was, I should have done the Schlick comedy, but like Schlick Team, I just made it Schlick team yep. so anybody that likes that it's kind of like we're all in this together yeah i always tell yep. people I'm like if i make it you make it yeah. so yeah well and I it's mean- like little things too and like you know you know barely knowing you i was able to reach out to you and like you will give me advice about the weather and like haunted places, which we didn't get into, but yeah. <laughs> I, I, I appreciate that. So you are an official member of the Schlick team. There, yeah. So there you go. <laughs> so, I can, uh, if you go on Facebook and you search for Schlick team, it's, uh, you got this awesome picture of the squirrel wearing a, like a badass mm-hmm. suit. Oh, so, super dapper. I mean, he looks, he looks real good. Uh, <laughs> it's, that's probably one of the squirrels from catch and dress a squirrel. <laughs> it may or may not be. That's Timmy. <laughs> uh, yeah. Like, Let's, you want to talk about haunted houses? We can. That's kind of my. Uh, that's kind of my thing. Uh, I just. I'm really into haunted places. I. I've always been fascinated with like ghosts and cryptozoology, which is like the study of like Bigfoot. And yep. Not necessarily in Bigfoot, but just species that haven't been discovered. Exactly. Yet. I just. I'm into it. But as of recently, I've taken the approach that I'm a skeptic. Yeah. I've never had an experience that says otherwise. So I think being a skeptic kind of makes me more 
scientific and realistic about yeah. different things. Because I don't want to go into a place and be like, oh, this is haunted. Yep, for sure. I can feel it. Yep. But I, I respect the culture. I think it's interesting. And anytime I go anywhere, I always, first thing I do is Google, not even before the venue. I don't even Google where the venue is. <laughs> I'm like, Humboldt, let's haunt it Humboldt. Yep. And I'll just look for random places that are possibly friendly for me to go. Like bridges, woods are good. Yep. And yep. I just like to go and take pictures and just say, hey, this is another, another. it's another thing. It's another running, not joke, because I, t- I do take it kind of seriously, but another running gimmick, yep. like my jersey and the weather's the reports, but I like to find haunted places. You know, the weather was so bad today that I didn't really have a chance to explore, yeah. and I got to leave early tomorrow, but Humboldt's got some, uh, I was actually surprised about how many yeah. different things it's got. Yeah. You think you said you had a buddy that is yeah. kind of into that? Yeah, yeah, a friend of mine. Uh, I mean, I... Kyle Johnston is his name. I used to work with him, and uh-huh. we became pretty good friends. And he actually just did a bunch of ghost hunting. Like mm-hmm. he, I mean, he went to. Uh, oh man, I'm, I can't remember any of the names of the places. I, I there's one in, in Louisville that used to be uh, a sanitarium. Okay, yeah, those and, are always classic. And, and it was it was wild looking. Uh, if anybody's got Google, sure. he can Google it. I mean, I got the internet. I could Google it, but it's uh, also I'm, I'm doing other stuff. And so. I just, but. And I've been to, like, asylums are always crazy. The one that, the big one, the Villisca Axe Murder House. Yeah. I was in Villisca, Iowa, and early 1900s, a family was murdered by an axe, and it was, like, eight people, like, six kids. Yeah. And I went to that house and actually got a chance to walk around, and nothing happened, but nevertheless, eight people were murdered in this house yeah, it's, and it's unsolved it's and pretty wild it's a heavy yeah. feeling yeah and I asylums mean, like you mentioned it's so depressing it's almost heavy you can almost feel that energy yeah, yeah. and that's it's one neat. of those things i think it makes you wonder if the energy is within you or if it's coming from the outside Maybe. or just the association or I, I get what you're saying i don't necessarily think there are any ghosts or anything but i definitely feel the vibes coming out of places especially when they're... and i think maybe to say i'm into ghosts is inappropriate maybe i should just say i'm into history but i don't i just like the 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 whole world of like ghosts and stuff but i'm also kind of i watch these shows on tv sometimes and these guys are like oh did you feel that i'm like no i didn't dude i'm at home on yeah. my couch yeah i can't feel that a rating's low why are you doing yeah. that? I, I don't have dolby 7.1 surround yeah. sound so no show me some evidence yeah. i need some evidence so i'm just trying to be more realistic about it and we've gone to some cool places me and my wife and the family we were in tombstone arizona which is the old west wyatt yep. earp and there's a couple haunted places there, and we went, and you're with a group of people, and you're trying to be professional, and uh-huh. people are just being so stupid, and uh-huh. it's just frustrating. <laughs> I, I'm, a, I'm amazed about how mad I was at like Carol, who just thought she was seeing ghosts every minute. I'm like, Carol, shut up. I don't know who you are, but you're ruining this. <laughs> but yeah, I'm, in, I'm into it. I think it's kind of I think it's kind of interesting. Yeah. You uh, got that L.A. trip coming up, mm-hmm. and any other shows coming up after that? Uh, uh, I will be in Lincoln, Nebraska, uh, March 23rd and 24th, whatever that weekend is, 22nd, 23rd. I, I pulled up your website Okay, right it's now. at Let's a place called the Comedy Loft. Yep, the 22nd and 23rd. Friday. 22nd, 23rd. It's Friday, Saturday. Yeah, so that's another kind of what you saw me at the Funny Bone I'll be featuring. Oh, nice. And I don't know this headliner, but... I, a lot of times when I go into these gigs, I don't know these guys, and I just hope, like, Ivan was a super cool guy, oh, yeah. learned a lot from him, very smart, witty comic, so it's all, I always hope that the, the guy's really good, uh-huh. really nice, 
are really, really bad so I can steal the show. <laughs> <laughs> so so you hope it's just anybody that's a warm body. Yeah, you know, like, yeah. I don't care, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Throw them out there. Yep. <laughs> uh, you got another show coming up uh, on your website here? What is, uh, is is it in May? Does that sound right? You got a show? Uh, yeah, it's, I think it's at Clint's Comedy Corner. Yeah, that's uh, the 24th and 25th. Yep. So I got some comedy club shows, which are great because... Like Humboldt tonight was great, but like these, they just know how to. They do the shows professionally, and like, yep. uh, yeah, it's always nice and refreshing to kind of go into the the routine, I guess. So I got I got some cool shows coming up. Like I said, I'm going to be in LA this week, just kind of doing some showcases here and there, sightseeing. Yep, trying to look for celebrities. Oh, that's pretty cool, man. Mm-hmm. So, do you have a, like a YouTube page or anywhere with some? I do. Videos? It's Schlick Comedy. You can right. go to my YouTube page, Schlick Comedy, and I I think I have a lot of funny videos on there because. Like I said earlier, I'm just trying to exploit social media, and I just talk about crappy quality of camera work, but the premise is there. Yeah, and I've probably I've had a lot of good. I use my kids a lot in a lot of the videos, but yeah, I recommend highly going to Schlick Comedy on YouTube and seeing some of my stupid videos. I was really big into Vine. Remember Vine? When yeah. That came out? Oh yeah. Oh, I Dude, loved Vine. Vine was the best. The best. Uh, it's like a was it ten seconds was the limit? Even short. I think it was like eight seconds. Yeah, so it was short. It, like it fit well for everybody's attention span. Mm-hmm. I'll watch an eight second video. Oh, for sure. And I loved it. And I used to challenge myself to make a Vine a week. And I loved it because my wife, God bless her, she'd film me for like YouTube videos and stuff, but I only got one take. Yep. That's that was our patience, mm-hmm. and that sucks for me as a perfectionist. Yeah, where I'd want to do it again and do it again, but uh, uh-uh. but with the Vine video, I could literally like selfie it, you know, like hold it up and do it. Yeah, uh, I used to have so much fun. So I have a compilation, which I know is not as good as other compilations, but yep. uh, I got three Vine compilations because I used to do them. I used to churn them out. I had over like, two hundred fifty vine videos and i picked the best ones so they're pretty good that's I, awesome I, I take pride in them so you saved all did you save i did all of them? well when it was when it was going away yeah i'm like crap so i just tr- i quickly did a best of yep. and tried to take all the ones and i tell you what i, I love my students so i was like can we watch your vines can we watch your vines i'm like of course we can <laughs> <laughs> why would i not why would i deny this <laughs> yes all right, everybody, go to slick, yeah, slick, yeah, yeah. slickcomedy.com yeah. or on Slick Comedy on YouTube. Make That's sure you, the first order on business when sure, you come to my class. It's, it's on the syllabus. You must subscribe. Yep. yep. <laughs> <laughs> when I write my name on the board, it's at Mr. Schlick Teen, Schlick Comedy, at Mr. Schlick Comedy. <laughs> <laughs> so you got a handful of shows coming up. You're going to take that nice trip. Uh, any Any big plans other than that? Uh, no, nothing really. I just keep grinding away, always try to put yourself in the right place and do as many shows as you can and always trying to write. That's the one thing you can, you may not be able to control how many uh, shows you get, but you can always control how much you write. Oh, I and like just that. Always, I like that. Yeah. Just try to outwrite everybody. And so that's one thing I try to do. And Matthew, the feature I worked with, sometimes you open up a notebook and it's just blank pieces of paper, but you just like, he said like Stephen King once had a th- thing where you just just bleed it out, just write, do yep. something, <laughs> yep. and it's almost got to be a discipline. Yeah, you may not have a joke. Sometimes jokes pop in your head and you love them, but sometimes nothing. But you just got to force yourself to write. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I really like that. I remember seeing uh, there like the visual manifestation of that. I would say there was a a special that there was on Jerry Seinfeld and he was sitting down with all of the pieces of paper that he had written yeah. all of his jokes uh-huh. on over time because he saved them all apparently and they put them all in a street 
and it, it, it was like covering a whole entire road and the sidewalks and everything yeah. and like all the way around behind him and stuff. And he's just sitting there in the middle of the street and he's just like, I wrote all these jokes. Mm-hmm. And it's like, holy cow, that's like a visual representation of your yeah. jokes because, you know, jokes are audible for the most part. Mm-hmm. And like joke books are usually just burner jokes, like, you know, dad jokes. Yeah, which, yeah. That's, you know, that's my that's my uh-huh. <laughs> my forte when in the joke world, <laughs> you know, but uh, it's just kind of crazy to, to think about that. And like like you just said, like, you can't really control, you know, how many shows you get. But you can, but you can control how much you're yep. writing. You know, so you can always when when the time comes, you're ready. Yeah, and that's exactly. what I try to do. I mean, that makes a total sense because you could, in in a music aspect, you, you can control how many songs you write, mm-hmm. and then you can always pick the best ones and do your show with them. Yeah, you know, because I think a lot of times people get caught up in promoting themselves more than actually doing the the business end. I mean, the writing aspect of it. There are a lot of comics out there. They they promote themselves very professionally, but I'm like, you've been doing this for a couple of weeks, a couple of months. Uh-huh. You're promoting yourself like you're the next Steve Martin, uh-huh. and I'd always get jealous of that. Sometimes seeing that, I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. But I think the cream always kind of rises to the top. Yeah, it shines through and stuff. So was that a Macho Man Randy Savage? Yeah. Reference? Oh yeah. <laughs> the cream rises oh, to the yeah. top. <laughs> Great promo. Oh god. You got any shout outs you want to give to anybody? Um, how about a shout out to my wife who probably won't listen to this, but I'll tell her to fast forward to this part. Yes. <laughs> She's always been grateful. She's always supported me. I know uh so her and my kids are all out in California right now. Yep. Because I had to do this show. So I'm flying out tomorrow to meet up with them. So my wife is with three kids right now, all under the age of twelve. Two ten-year-old boys and a twelve-year-old girl, so she's doing it all, so I can do this. Yep. We've come, we've come a long way because when we first got married, and I was still doing gigs, she's like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! You're still doing this hobby?" Yeah, I'm like, "Yeah, honey." So we, it took us a long time to get to this point where now she's like, "Go make money. Yep. We need money. Yep. Kids' tastes are expensive. Xboxes and yeah, exactly. all this stuff." <laughs> well, well, many thanks to her for letting you uh, stick yes. around because all of Humboldt, I'm sure, is very appreciative. Yes, of I'd also like to thank my two girlfriends that I also. <laughs> <laughs> that was a joke, Emily. I love you. <laughs> oh man! So uh, make sure you go check out. It would be schlickcomedy.com, or you can check out catchanddressasquirrel.com. <laughs> Uh, you got the Facebook was Schlick Team. Otherwise, it's at Schlick Comedy on Twitter and Instagram. You also had Schlick Comedy on YouTube as well, correct? Mm-hmm. All right. So those those would be the places to uh, check you out. You can also check out uh, where you know you're going to be upcoming. It's probably at. You, do you put a lot of stuff on your Facebook page? Or, yeah, I try uh, to. I try to keep it updated, mostly through that Schlick Team. That Schlick team, uh, the Facebook, Facebook page. page. Yeah, that's yeah. like kind of my comedy page. And then you're more than welcome to follow me on the personal page, which is just at, at Chris Schlick. You know, I think it's actually at Schlick Comedy. Yeah. So you can find my actual personal page, which I still don't take very seriously. Yeah, it actually is at Schlick Comedy. Would be personal, personal page, page at Schlick Comedy. And then the fan page. Which has got how many people? Like one point five million? Uh, yeah, I think it's one point six now uh, <laughs> after this Humboldt show. So That's just there's no points. It's sixteen, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, you uh, you do have a decent decent following on here. You know, that's know. Uh, much more than the Audible Farm podcast does. So you're probably oh, gonna pump hey, them, what? Pump them numbers this. over. <laughs> I got stickers. <laughs> yes. Oh uh, well. Uh, do you have anything else you want to talk? Any crazy stories? Uh, Nothing else? Nope. I think I'm I'm pretty good if you're good. Dude, I'm great. I uh, love this. Look at Lady. She's been asleep the whole time. Just so loving it. It's so. a great crowd. <laughs> yeah. Well, thanks for joining me, man. And uh, yep. safe travels out to LA. Thank you. I appreciate you letting me be on the show. Absolutely. We'll see you. All right. Bye.
huge shout out to our guest this week, Chris Schlichting. Funny guy. I enjoyed my time with him and I enjoyed the podcast I got to do with him. Uh, I got to see him live. He's tons of fun. If you want to see him live too, you can go to his Facebook page or his website. He's got events listed on both of those places. Otherwise, he's got an Instagram account. He's got clips on YouTube. You can, I've got links to all of this down below. If you want to follow him on Twitter, his Twitter account's pretty funny. It's nice to have somebody make me smile halfway through the day. I, I love following people like that on my Twitter to you know, kind of break up the monotony of what Twitter usually is. So I appreciate that, and I appreciate all the comedians out there that make us laugh, uh, just like Chris. So thank you, Chris, for doing, doing us all a due service in our society and making everybody laugh because we all need it so much. So uh, I hope everybody enjoyed the podcast. It's the first time I had a comedian on, and I think it was a great success. So if anybody else wants to hop on the podcast, uh, drop us a line somewhere. We've got links to all of our stuff on you know, in the description section, we've got Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, I mean, you name it. So just drop us a line somewhere. And I appreciate everybody for listening. And next week, we're going to be back with a great episode. So thank you very much. And we'll check you guys all next week. Peace.